0: Live to tape and available on demand. It is the First Cut Podcast, but it's also CBS Sports HQ. That's right. Chip Patterson here. Kyle Porter. We will get this show started in just a second, but not without telling you about the all-new streaming service CBS Sports HQ. You can find it online at CBSSportsHQ.com. You can find it on the CBS Sports app, on your phone, on your tablet, on any OTT devices. You know, you're talking Apple TV. You're talking Amazon Fire. All that, it's there. It's called CBS Sports HQ. Uh, just highlight News, expert analysis. Forget all the other clutter. Uh, If you are a true sports junkie, this is going to be what you want to use in order to stay up to date with the latest. CBSSportsHQ.com. We're back. Kyle's back. I'm here. We're at the palatial Patterson studios and joining us through the magic of the interwebs with a condenser microphone and a pop filter because he's a pro Kyle Porter. I'm back. Yeah, you made it. I I I survived.
1: I I didn't gain too much weight via pimento cheese sandwiches and and peach ice cream sandwiches. And, uh, you know, I I was thinking about this and I, I, I tweeted it out and I got a lot of. There was some weird like, backlash and then backlash to the backlash and then backlash to the backlash to the backlash about Reed winning. Right. The, whole, the, whole, the whole thing was kind of bizarre. In your opinion, based on your consumption of this 2018 Masters, the 82nd playing of the tournament, was it an
0: elite Masters? No, it was not an elite Masters. It had elite hype and it had elite interest Particularly at the beginning, uh, I do not think it was an elite masters. I thought it was a very good masters,
1: yeah, that's sort of where I landed and And I think that I mean, t- time will tell like i guess if I guess if Reed goes on to win like nine majors, then it was an elite masters. I, I think you can sort of retroactively look at it like that
0: and if rory but, if Rory collapses and never wins another one. Or something like that yeah. like if, if like there's yeah, you're right, if there are a lot of different threads that we could spin out moving forward and say, Oh, maybe we'll come back to this as a starting point, but having lived in the moment and experienced it and consumed it as intensely as I did, uh, and especially in comparison to having that level of consumption, both professionally and personally for other masters tournaments, I, I would say no, not an elite masters
1: yeah i I, I agree, and, and that's sort, sort of what I threw out there, and people were. People were getting after me, and I was like, "Well, I mean, first of all, you have to have an elite winner. Uh, Patrick Reed's a—he's a good player. He's a really good player. Great Ryder Cupper. Uh, he does have six wins in his career, which is more than somebody like Ricky Fowler. But I don't know that he is. I don't know. He's—he's he's inconsistent. Like he's not a—he's not a great player. He's really good. I don't—I don't know that he's great. And I—but—but but the the margins are thin here, right? Because if Spieth, uh makes two putts, a 10 footer or a 12 footer on 13 and a nine footer on 18, then it's all of a sudden one of the great masters of all time.
0: Correct. But I mean, that's so, also the, that's also the margin for victory, uh, the, the margin for success at Augusta national in general on all yeah. like 70 or 71 or 72 shots that these golfers are going to take the fact that uh, if you, if you land it, in this quadrant of the green, you're getting a bogey. And if you landed in this quadrant of the green, you've got a nine foot birdie putt. I mean, that's like, that's one of the joys that I have about the masters in general is just that you are dealing with every single moment, just a razor thin margin for error.
1: Yeah, totally. And uh, I got to say, you know, and and this is something else that I kind of threw out there that I don't know, people were people on the internet are weird, but um we're on the internet, Kyle. Of course there we are. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> <course>. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh it never like the tournament ne- it, the whole weekend never really like clicked for me. Like there were moments that were awesome. Uh Reed's eagle on or, or both of his eagles on 13 and 15 on Saturday were pretty cool. I was there for both of them. Uh Rory's chip-in eagle on 8 was awesome on Saturday. Spee putt on sixteen on Sunday was unbelievable. But there was never, like there was a moment last year when I was watching, when I when it when the whole thing just clicked into place. It was when uh, Sergio and Rose both made, I think they both made par on thirteen because it looked like Sergio was dead. And it looks like Rose was going to make birdie. And right as that hole was playing out, it was like, okay, this is is the thing. Like, this is...
0: Like, Sergio's either just screwed himself and Rose is going to be able to win this thing or we're going to keep this battle going. Yeah,
1: there was a very defining, like, uh, fork in the road for that Masters. Like, it was a very defining moment. It's not a defining moment, but it was a defining point in the moment for me while I was there. Same thing, obviously, in 16... I'm sitting there watching Spieth hit two in the water at 12. It's a very like okay, the whole the whole week kind of clicks into place and you're like this is this is the what we've been talking about playing out in front of us. And it never re- I never got that sense um part of it was because Spieth was coming from so far behind and there was never a moment where you're like holy crap he's leading or he's going to or whatever. Um and and so I don't know, it, it just the whole thing never clicked for me. And that's sort of why I, I said that it, I didn't feel like it was one of the great masters of all time.
0: All right. Well, um, you know, are we even saying this um, from the perspective of uh, like the winner? You know, like it's like how how much do you think that is influenced by the fact that the winner was Patrick Reed, uh, a player who now, you know, I've joking. We've this like we're sitting here recording this on Wednesday how how much do you want to dive into the complicated character? Because I'm a little bit of the point where, uh, step one, uh, on the course, Patrick Reed now has something to point to when he believe like we've we've joked Patrick Reed believes Patrick Reed is the best golfer in the world. I've said that on this podcast <laughs> before. I've yeah. said it on CBS Sports HQ. But like now he's got a green jacket. And so, you know, as someone who cracks jokes at that brash confidence, I've got to be like, well, yeah, you know what? Congrat- yes, you have a major championship and a lot of very good golfers who I would rank above you do not. Yes, Patrick, you got me there. But there's also the, um, you know – the, the things you wrote about, which is uh, the odd feeling at Augusta that he he wasn't a patron favorite. And the the strange yeah. place that Patrick Reed occupies where as a Ryder Cup competitor, uh, he people just jump all behind him. And we've got the photoshops of like Patrick Reed soaring on an eagle with, you know, with, like carrying the American flag. His, his nickname, Captain America. But then it... At major championships and at these other events, you know, we would even prefer uh, a Rory McIlroy or a Jordan Spieth or someone who's I don't don't know. What is that? You know, why why do you think that there is that dichotomy um, that we have right now with Reed?
1: I thought Shane Ryan said it really well. He, he sent out a string of like 20 tweets on uh, Monday about and, the whole Reed thing.
0: Hey, and slaying the tiger has become a little bit of a foundational text for Patrick Reed analysis. So shout out to Shane Ryan on that one.
1: Yeah. Uh, he he threw my name on the back cover too. I, I commented on it. I gave him a two thumbs up from, from me, but um, it's a really good book uh he said it really well he he talked about how you you want the you sort of let this monster out of the closet during the Ryder Cup because he sort of perpetuates your desire which is for your country to win but then when it comes time for crowning a, a singular champion and and you can sort of he didn't say this but you can I'm saying this you could sort of um justify that during the Ryder Cup because you're like, oh well, it's for America and there's eleven other guys and it it does it it's not as stark as when it's a singular crowning of an individual. Right. And his and his point was that you want your white knights to win uh major championships, which is sort of a I, I agree that I think that he's right about people wanting that, but it's sort of a silly thing because it's not like every Player who has won a major championship has like a sterling past and a you know perfunctory reputation. Like there are guys who have done things that they regret. But I and and, and Tron said this on the No Way Up podcast, and I'm I'm gonna he deserves the credit for this take. I think it is the best take that I've heard throughout. Is with Reed, it's not it's not necessarily that he's like done all these things or that he's estranged from his family, and that's really bizarre and 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 all that stuff it's the fact that he will he refuses to acknowledge anything from the past that is negative like not even not not even like apologize for it or whatever but acknowledge it like he won't even talk about it and i I told my buddy this last last night i was like even if he gave like a not very genuine apology for like yeah, I know I rub people the wrong way, and like I've got this stuff going on with my family, and whatever. Like just the acknowledgement of it, I feel like would free up so much tension in this sort of golf world relationship with Patrick Reed, but he won't do it. And and I don't I don't totally understand uh, why that is. But Chip, I, I will say, I think kind of the result of all of this, because there's been so much talk about what's happened off the course, I think Patrick Reed's golf like his actual on course play has kind of become a little underrated like he's a he's a pretty good player i mean he's only he's only 27 years old he's got six wins and a major championship like if this was ricky fowler he'd have like i mean 50 endorsements lined up on on monday morning i mean (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah but i mean all
0: right so here in north carolina um we are big golf fans that shouldn't be that surprising we're you know the i'm currently My house is about an hour and 10 minutes away from Pinehurst number two. Um, Like the, the conversation on local sports talk radio and the entry point for people like my mom or my parents or my wife, like, like the, the people who are not all in uh, the, all in the weeds on on some of these characters, you know, their, their introduction to Patrick Reed was him winning the masters. And then on Monday he just got dragged like I, I went to dinner at my parents' house on, on Monday night and my mom was like, I just can't believe that he would have his parents escorted off the property. I can't <laughs> believe that he, I can't believe that he doesn't talk to his parents. I can't, you know, and it's just like, I, it, it, you're right. It is, uh, it is causing his play to be underrated. A hundred percent agree. But I also think it's a, on, on some level, it's a little bit unfair because, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit unfair because it is uh, overshadowing what was a tremendous individual performance by a, a very good young golfer. Now, what happens in the future on the course or off the course? Who knows? But uh, people aren't talking about his two Eagles on Saturday and how he probably won the tournament then or how he responded every single time that Spieth pushed. I mean, he, he, he went four rounds at Augusta. Uh, and nearly became the first person to put four in the 60s on the card. Like that was – that is individually – like is – was this an elite Masters? How about this? Was this an elite Masters? No. I do think that Patrick Reed's individual Masters performance historically was elite. Yep. these, four, I, I these agree. These four rounds, it was stellar. I mean, he, he had a real chance
1: on Sunday at, at uh, tying Spieth's 72-hole uh, record. That's incredible. You know, he. I mean, it was it was unbelievable, and um, yeah, it, it's the whole thing is is weird. Like, it seems like
0: oh, and for the record, he didn't have anybody escorted off the property. Reportedly, someone else had that happen, but that's yeah. uh, that's beside. The point. I wanted to clear that up. Fake well, news. Well, and, and
1: the, the, the f- <laughs> fake news. I feel like there's such an opportunity here, or there was, or there still is, for him to become. Sort of a um, sympathetic and well liked figure. Uh, if like like, and I was in the room when the question got asked on Sunday night. Alan Shipnuck asked it of what is this? Did what is Pat- this? Do
0: you think Patrick knew that he already had all the background reporting on his parents' watch party, like in Augusta?
1: Uh, maybe not necessarily, Alan specifically, but I think that he probably knew that that would happen in some form or fashion. Yeah. And so when the question got asked of, does it, I can't remember exactly what it was. Does it hurt you that you can't share this with your family and with your parents and sister? And the response was, I mean, when he said, I'm just here to play and win golf tournaments, it was the, the, it was like, uh, Elsa and frozen just just, cold just spewing ice all over the room I mean it was like and it was like nobody said anything including him for a couple of beats and it was I've never like felt a room like that it was crazy um but yeah like he just I don't know he he doesn't seem to be he's not a very popular person on the PGA tour and that's fine. Like there's a lot of guys that are kind of loners or whatever. Uh, and and he's obviously well liked at, at Ryder Cubs cause he performs well. But I, I just, I don't know. I've, I've kind of wrestled and grappled with like how much should somebody like this have to divulge? How much should they share? How much should they talk about these, all, all these different things that are going on? And I, I do think that like, Who, who cares? Like it doesn't, it it might not matter to him if people like him or if he's, uh, a beloved figure, uh, in the sports world. But I, I just, I wish that there was some sort of, I wish he would just give you something to go on, Mm -hmm. you know, like he, he doesn't give you anything to sort of, um, build your opinion of him or build your idea of him on. And so we're just left with his parents opinion and words and thoughts. And it doesn't paint a very pretty picture.
0: And uh, he did show up at the Georgia Notre Dame game last year in Notre Dame gear. So there's that.
1: <laughs> shout out Brady Quinn.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Brady Quinn. Um, hey, how about this? Let's, and then, uh, then I've, I've got a whole other list of things. Patrick Reed could probably take some notes from Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has a similar situation. But if he's out there throwing touchdowns, guess what we're not talking about? Aaron Rodgers and his relationship with his family.
1: Yeah, but shouldn't the same thing have happened when Patrick Reed's out there winning
0: the masters? I see. I think that this is still new. Th- this is, this is where, uh, like I, I would guess that the average sports fan most definitely did not know about Patrick Reed's uh, did not know about Patrick Reed's situation with his parents or his sister. The, the golf fan likely knew that Georgia and Augusta state, his college career came among uh, unconfirmed circumstances. But I, I think that the, the general picture around Patrick Reed, the negative parts of it was just on him being brash and cocky, which in general is fine, especially in an individual sport. I think that this is all very, very new for the average sports fan.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And and I think that, so Aaron Rodgers is uh, compelling and kind of intriguing to listen to and to talk to. I've never been around him or interviewed him. Oh, yeah. But that's
0: another thing is like Aaron Rodgers interviews are great listens and great reads. And he's out here doing the discount double check. He's, he's available in more ways than just throwing touchdowns in a way that Patrick Reed is not.
1: And so I think when you compound the estrangement, the stories from Georgia and, and Augusta state with the fact that he's sort of just an awkward person and also the things that are said about him sort of behind the scenes are not, there are some good things, but generally he he just kind of rubs people the wrong way in, in people's interactions with him from the people that I have talked to. And so I think all of those things combined together just create this. And, and and again, like you're juxtaposing this against three guys who people adore: Ricky right, Fowler, right, Jordan and Rory McIlroy, R- Rory McIlroy. And so it's like, it, it, uh, of like, of course, this was the outcome. <laughs> like, I, I was, it was shocking, Chip. I was on the 18th. It sounded like Tiger had sank a par putt on the seventh hole on Friday afternoon. That, that was the noise that came from I mean, I've been there before. Phil, Phil's, when Phil's won, it is, it's the loudest noise of the week. People lose their minds to see a Masters champion make a final putt like that. People were fleeing the scene after this happened. I mean, it, it was i've I've never experienced anything like it. it was It was unbelievable to watch unfold and and the noise that came from eighteen it was just I, I almost felt I, I kind of felt bad for him like it, it it's such a it's such a big moment in his career, and it's it just gets muted literally. Uh, by, by people that are there and uh, I don't know it was very it was a very bizarre uh, Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening
0: Patrick Reed winning at Augusta uh, was was like in the NBA finals when you went on the other team's court
1: exactly yeah by like, the way
0: like a, like a kind of a whimper only friends and family are there to cheer you on you're celebrating because you know you got it done but uh that the, the confetti is falling on unhappy fans.
1: By the way, Patrick Reed, a uh, cowboy killer. Uh, who? Speed. Two, well, 2010, Augusta State beats Oklahoma State in the NCAA championship. Okay. 2011, Patrick Reed beats Peter Uline in the semifinals of the NCAA. Is like seven and six on his home course. Oof. And Augusta State beats Oklahoma State, goes on to beat Georgia in the finals. Uh, and then Patrick Reed beats Ricky Fowler by one to win the Masters. So not not beloved in the Oklahoma State community where I uh, the circles that I run in.
0: I imagine. I imagine not. Uh, doesn't he like? When did he trot out those cowboy boots too?
1: Uh, was that on Faraday?
0: I guess. I don't know. I, I yeah maybe. All right. I want to get to Ricky in a second. Let's let's talk to Reed about Reed's playing partner because you've introduced. This topic that and and you probably said it some last year too, but I know that we've we've spoken about it through a, for a couple of different golfers, and you wrote about it with Rory, uh, very good write up on, on CBSports.com that you can find right now. The idea that there are only but so many shots yeah. is so fascinating to me. Because I I, I think you're right. And it's <clears throat> It is a totally new way in an individual sport where, you know, seemingly if you are one of the like 10 or 15 best golfers, you should be able to go into any major and think I've got a shot to win it. But like, is there is, is there some sort of is there a historical context here? Because the the, the premise Ferrari is you only get but so many shots to really win. He got one in two thousand eleven, and he got one this past weekend at Augusta. And so far, he's zero for two. And there only may be in the next ten years if he has ten years left in his prime. If he has ten years left in his prime, if he's even interested in being at the top of the golf world for the next ten years, that he might only get a couple more. I mean this this whole concept of how many realistic shots you get to win each major. I just it it's a I think it's something that uh, something that we look at with Rory, but I think it's something that's equally interesting for someone like Phil.
1: Yeah, I want to go back. I, I thought of this idea last night. It, it would be in a, a really compelling post. Uh, it would also take a really long time. I want to go back over the last like twenty years and look at those eighty majors and see who was either leading or within I don't know what would you say three or. four? three of the lead going into Sunday, four of the lead maybe? Yeah, you can make up three or four strokes pretty realistically. So, like, those are your real shots. Like, and Tiger has, I don't know, 17 of them or 16 or whatever. Um, Maybe more, maybe 20. I I don't know. I I think that would be because those are the guys, and and Rory said this after his round. He's like, look, it's disappointing. Yes, like, I didn't play well, but I gave myself a shot. And that's what you want on a Sunday. Like that's all you're trying to that's all you're trying to do all year is put yourself in a position where on Sunday, if you have a great round, you win a major championship. And he did that. And I, I don't know, man. I like, yeah, it, it was not good. Like his his Sunday performance was, uh, it was just lousy. Like well, there was
0: there were scores everywhere. Like when you were looking at the leaderboard, uh, if you were looking at it in the You know your greens and your reds, your traditional. Your like he was one of the only ones up at the top to be over par. What was it? Uh, Average score was around seventy, and he shot a seventy four. I mean, it's you just don't expect the one of the two of the final pairing to be putting up one of the least impressive scores of the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like of the top twenty. I think him and Fleetwood and Justin Thomas were the only ones over par on Sunday. Which is, which is obviously not good. But, it, you know, looking back, on, it, and I thought about this on Saturday night, and I almost wrote it or said it or whatever, but I didn't because I thought it would click for him on Sunday. But his strokes gained on approach shots going into Sunday, so the first three rounds, it wasn't very good. It was around – it was like barely above average for the field. And th- this was the, sort of the same thing that happened with Fowler last year going into the final round. So Fowler's in the second-to-last pairing last year, and he had been hitting it kind of poorly for him all week, but he had been holding it together by chipping in, by putting out of his mind, and that was sort of Rory's story. I felt like this year for the first three rounds, I think he hit it better this year than Fowler did last year, but there was certainly a scenario in which you could say like, Man, Rory's kind of been holding this thing together with duct tape. If he doesn't putt well on Sunday, this could go badly. And it did. He didn't putt well, and it, and it did go badly because he wasn't hitting it that well. Uh, I I thought that it would click for him just because he's Rory and he's an all-timer and this was for the Grand Slam. And I just thought that none of that stuff would really matter. But it turns out it did. And uh, he kind of got exposed a little bit uh, in, in terms of the way he'd been hitting it. But I, I don't know. I... I think that Augusta is a place where you're not supposed to win when you're 24. Somebody brought this up this year. The only guy at the champions dinner this year in his, in his twenties was Jordan Spieth.
0: Who would be, everybody else? Who'd be the next youngest Bubba at like 32, 33 uh, no, Danny, D- Danny Willett's like 31 Danny Willett is the ultimate asterisk master's winner. <laughs> I'm so, sorry did that take too hot can I just call him the asterisk
1: no. yeah you start calling him that so the point is that I just think that Augusta it, it's a, it, and just this is going to happen to Justin Thomas I think it is such a Rubik's Cube it's such a puzzle it's so hard to figure out uh, and credit to Reed for doing it at the age of 27 when he hadn't had success here in the past he missed the cut I, last year yeah I know he'd never shot around in the 60s Mm. He had more rounds at seventy-five or over than he had appearances. I mean, it was it, the whole thing is preposterous. But all that to say, I think that I think that there's a scenario in which Rory keeps coming back, keeps coming back, and and eventually he figures it out, like Phil did. Like I I, I really do think that that's plausible. And I and I think that his commitment to golf this year has made me sort of. Rethink. I mean, he he seems very intent on making the next ten years, giving himself as many shots as possible at major championships. And he and the first one out of the out of the gate in terms of these next ten years that he's talked about, he did that. And so I just I don't know. I'm not going to get too worked up about Rory never winning the Masters. I I do think that I firmly believe he's only got two or three more shots though. Like he's gonna ha- he's gonna lead on a Sunday. He's going to be within one of Spieth on a Sunday. or I don't, There's going to be two or three of those scenarios. And you start getting 35, 36, 37 years old and letting those pass you by, then it's – yeah, you can talk about never winning one. But I don't know. I just I, – he's so good and he's so um, – I, I, I just feel like he's so dedicated to the next 10 years. So I'm excited to see kind of what comes of that.
0: Has he used that uh time frame? Has he talked about ten years? Like is that is yeah. that a that is a term that he's been using early this season? Yeah, he talked because he took that three or four months off at the
1: end of the year to heal for his rib to heal. Um and he talked about the past ten years because he had been on tour for ten years. And he said he felt sort of just rejuvenated and like he really enjoyed, like golf was joyful again and, and talked about the next 10 years, like shaping his legacy. You know, I, I'm pretty sure you, like you literally used the phrase 10 years. So last 10 years, next 10 years and uh, how that three or four month sabbatical was, was really good for him.
0: Are you trying to shape the legacy of your business? If you're doing that, then you need great people and you need a better way to find them. Something better than just posting your job online and praying that the right people will see it. Well, ZipRecruiter, of course, knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, then it invites them to come apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And the right candidates are out there. So what you need is you need to get up with ZipRecruiter so that you can find them. Now, this is good for businesses of all sizes. If you're a small business, if you're a huge business, if you're in charge of hiring, listen up because right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Once again, one more time, you get to post jobs for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Impact the legacy of your business with ZipRecruiter. It's the smartest way to hire. Um, Jordan Spieth. The the thing that is so fun for me about this Jordan Spieth performance is that given the way this young man plays at that course, I just – I I feel like we will – I I, I just feel like there's like two – how about this? Over-under, he's got one. Over-under Jordan Spieth, Masters wins 10 years from now total. Not like how many between now and then. Two and a half.
1: Uh, so total man, I, here's the thing.
0: I think he's going to win two more green jackets in the next 10 years.
1: I think, I think you're probably right. But how many, how many shots is he going to get? You know, we just talked about Rory getting like, like if you're, I wish I should go back and count this up. If you're historically great, like Rory and Spieth or like, like Tiger and Phil, like how many shots has Tiger had? Uh, he's won four. So he's at least had four. And yeah, he's but
0: I had, I, I think Speeth is very specific to the masters, the chilling quote that you included in one of your stories. You wrote like 15,000 incredible words, but the one quote <laughs> that has like been bouncing around my head was that uh, Speeth said he didn't look at the leaderboard. He said that was my whole game plan. I didn't want to play the field. I wanted to play Augusta <laughs> National. That How was crazy. sick is that? He said he wanted to play the damn course and he shot a 64.
1: It, it was it was insane to think about, like, he could have looked at the board and seen himself three up. I mean, he had no idea. No. But, yeah, I, I just – I feel like we keep saying, oh, is going to win a lot of these. He's going to win a lot of these. Like, he's had a real shot at, like, three of them. This one I, – I wouldn't count this one as a real shot just because he was so far back. But he's had a real chance to win three. And so it's like, well – if Rory's only going to get, I don't know, three or four or five shots, how many does does Spieth get? Ten?
0: Maybe I mean, is he that
1: is he is he that good at this course? He might be.
0: I, I think I think maybe, and the thing that gives me confidence confidence is that he's only gotten better. Like the yeah. the the shot, the the ch- if there was a percentage, like if there was a five thirty eight style percentage chance of converting shots, like a shot to win into a win at the Masters the 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 chances just with him are automatically going up every single time he gets close to it. I mean the him falling short the first time you know now you look back at that Jordan Spieth and you're like well of course I mean he hadn't he hadn't totally solved the Rubik's Cube he's just really bleeping good. Like now yeah. he's he's going out there and be like I'm just I just gotta play the course. And he's burning it down. Now, it's by, yeah. by his own admission, like when he looked at Michael Greller and said, are you kidding me? After rolling in that ridiculous putt, like some of this is a little bit of just, you know, the the it factor that we've talked about in tournaments, that the, the open last year for him, you know, the, the combination of his uh, understandings of the rhythms of a tournament with his knowledge and comfort uh, shaping shots and playing the course at Augusta National just, has me thinking that we will come back to this round within the convert within the context of a conversation of multiple Jordan Spieth masters wins not within the conversation of man Jordan still hasn't won it and look at all these times that he's come close
1: yeah I think you're probably right not not only will we do that we'll come back to this conversation or, or excuse me, this round, maybe we'll come back to this conversation, I don't know, but we'll come back to this round next year when he's four back or six back going into Sunday and be like, what?
0: Can't count I out of no
1: <laughs> I have no clue. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, it's just, it's so easy for him. You know the, the Matt Damon thing? Do you know, uh, what's the line from Goodwill Hunting? Is it Goodwill Hunting? Do you know how easy this is for me?
0: Oh, uh, Okay. I got you. Is that what is that what it is? I don't, I don't know Goodwill Hunting well enough to quote it.
1: I think that's the movie, but um, I'm not a I I don't do movies very well. But I think the line is, "Do you understand how easy this is for me?" That's what it looks like with Speed. He 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 plays Augusta like it's the freaking John Deere. I mean. It, these shots I, I, and and i think people might not have a full appreciation for like his heaters at augusta cuz you saw it on thursday you saw it on sunday he is out of his mind with some of these shots these are impossible shots and he's making them look simplistic in 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 as much, i mean chip we were two holes if he if he plays the last two holes and one under it is literally the greatest round of golf ever in in history. I'm sorry Brandon Grace. Uh a 62 in the final round at Augusta to get into a playoff and potentially win your second jacket is the greatest round of golf in all of history. We were that close to it and and it didn't it didn't even seem like it was that taxing for him or that difficult for him. He was just doing what he normally does and he just didn't make a mistake. It was unbelievable to watch.
0: The uh I do think that the bogey was Augusta striking back on eighteen. How so? I just the 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 weird, you know. Just if if you if you want if you want to jump in on the mysticism of the course and and everything else, that that's almost like all right, you got me real good, but you're not gonna sixty three get me. Yeek! Yeah. Like something. What? It like <laughs> I, I was. What I was what is it called? There. What's the low air? The sub air? that they've got yeah yeah, dude somebody flicked the sub air on they were like "Uh -uh, uh uh-uh no 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 let's pump these fans (laughs) um let's get one more undulation right here let's go i was was standing there on
1: 18 when he teed off and he he knew he had pulled it and and i thought i i might not have heard him correctly but i thought he was saying that maybe they showed this on tv hit something Mm -hmm, he did hit, hit something, hit something. And then it did. And where he walked to, to hit his second shot. I was like, is he coming back to the tee to tee up again? Because he had to come, he he went up to the fairway and then he had to come so far back and you couldn't see the ball from where I was. And I was like, where is he going? He left himself like over three hundred into the hole. And then he still almost gets up and down, uh, for par from, from where he hit that second shot. But yeah, it was, a, it was a disappointing ending. It, you know, I, I was walking around with with Brendan Porath on Sunday, and he's like, man, I'm I'm glad that Reed finished at 15 because you wouldn't have wanted a bogey at 18 to have cost speed a, a shot at a playoff.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. And then, of course, uh, Ricky birdies 18 so that he finishes at 14 to uh, – to To put the pressure on Reed, who did have a little bit of a knee knocker there for par at eighteen, uh, yeah. This is this is um, so encouraging for fans of Ricky Fowler. For those of us who have been looking at Ricky Fowler and so as as he continues to to rise up, all of the you know numbers of good finishes without a major top list, you know best players without a major type list as he continues to move up the the, the term or the phrase that you kept pointing to and, and one that I've been doing as well is that, you know, this is a reversal of the narrative that Ricky Fowler on weekends and major championships either on Saturday or Sunday has uh ha- has had what was in the context of the tournament a little bit of a, a letdown round or fallen back a few strokes from where he was at. It's the exact opposite here. So do you think that it that resonates at all with Ricky Fowler? Or is that something that only resonates with analysts and, and people that are trying to put this into context for fans?
1: No, I, I think what's going on with Fowler is I mean I don't know go back to 2014 PGA so he finishes th- uh tied for third that was probably his next best chance at a at a major championship at one point he was tied for the lead with Phil on the back nine uh Rory was one back and then Rory played the last six holes in 2 under and Fowler played them in 1 over um, so that was probably his his next best chance. I think what's going on with Fowler is that, again, like we we sort of because he's in this group with like j t. and Rory and Speeth of these young, exciting guys, we conflate their abilities and we think, oh, well, they're all pretty much like the same. Like they all do the same stuff. And it's like, eh, Rory and Speeth are historically great. Justin Thomas probably is too. We're not positive yet. And Fowler is just really good. And so because of that, what happens on the PGA Tour, it takes really good players uh, a decade to figure out a major championship. Like, and it, but his issue is that Spieth and JT have already figured it out, it, but that's not the norm. But we think it's the norm because uh, they all hang out together and they're all friends. You know, you know. not does that make sense? Yeah,
0: no, it totally does. I was willing to entertain the idea that while we might take something for it and while we might resonate it like, hey, look at this, Ricky Fowler, like improved weekend play. This is a good sign that the whole uh, one of the explanations that we've been using for one of the things that might describe why this happens, the fact that Ricky really does just kind of have he has one pace he has one speed he has one gear it is very very good and it is good enough to put him high on all these leaderboards but like i i wonder if it that would mean that this doesn't even resonate like ricky's like you know did you turn a corner ricky i don't know i played really good golf really happy with it yeah yeah i i do think like so i've been sort of
1: positing that idea that he doesn't understand the 72 hole tournament and like the rhythm of it and and I I I think to be clear, like I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Right? I just no, think that's that, I
0: agree with you. I d- I don't think that that it necessarily needs to be something that has to be figured out in order for him to be successful. He could still be successful, and a key to his success, for all I know, could be that consistency of uh, emotion and rhythm.
1: Yes. And so I think, I think because of that, he's not gonna maybe. Like, it might cost him a major that a more aggressive player or a more aggressive personality would have would have won, but it also might um, keep a U.S. Open in his hands that a more emotional player would have lost, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. For so sure. I, I, I think that's just sort of my explanation of the way that I view him or I see him playing. And, I, I mean, 60, what do you shoot, 65, 67 on the weekend at Sick. Augusta? Yes, yeah. That's a, that's as good as he gets, you know. And and uh, he just it's on. And these these things are so we t- we opened with this, but the margins. Think about the margins here. Think about what if um, what if period's not in the field this week? What if Martin Keimer misses the fourteen U.S. Open? All of a sudden, Ricky Fowler has, has two majors. Yeah, at at the age of twenty. I mean, those are hypotheticals, but he's played so well at at a lot of majors but this one I felt like was different because there was real pressure on the back nine and he and he came through especially with the birdie at the end the last time we saw him with real pressure at a major I think uh was 14 PGA and he he closes bogey and and four pars to to get beat by Rory
0: not last year's U.S. Open
1: Last year's U.S. Open, I, what was he uh, going into Sunday?
0: I, it, I think I, I, I think his whole weekend performance at the last year U.S. Open was what kind of uh, took him out of it because it wasn't going into the weekend. He was, uh, so he was the story. Fowler,
1: Fowler was one back going into the weekend, and he shoots a sixty-eight. So he was two back going into Sunday. So yeah. I mean, I guess you could
0: oh and he yeah, shot and he shot sixty five on Thursday,
1: yeah, he shot seventy two on Sunday though, which was five worse than Kepka and just got boat raced, yeah. so yeah i it was just it was the first time that he's strung together thirty six holes on a weekend that were like worthy of winning a major championship, if that makes sense,
0: a hundred percent and so
1: i I feel like that's I, I don't know if it changes the way I think about him, but I feel like it does affect it a little bit. All, all these tournaments, all these rounds uh, kind of get conglomerated into how you feel and how you think about certain players, uh, and, and they add up over time. And so uh, it, it certainly uh, affects the way that I, I think we should think of him to, to a certain degree going forward.
0: It is uh, it is one of the interesting things that um, the... I think that this makes – the the conversation around Shinnecock Hills as we start to look forward to the U.S. Open, uh, Phil Mickelson will continue to be the big storyline. And he said uh, how disappointed he was uh, with his Masters performance. You know, things just after a, a pretty strong start with the 70 on Thursday just went totally sideways on Friday starting at the ninth hole and then just like ejection, I don't give a you-know-what mode on Saturday, Sunday. I you know driver off the deck was fun, but ultimately I'm coming away probably very dis- like just sad. You know I was I was got myself hyped up. Phil was my pick, but him talking about the pressure that he puts on himself, knowing going back to our conversation about Rory, knowing how few shots he has left, he said, uh, you know I you know, Shinnecock Hills will be a really good shot for me. He said Pebble which I agree is going to be a really good shot. These next two U.S. Opens, he's trying to complete the Grand Slam. Are you I, – I come away from this with maybe less confidence from seeing what had been statistically top two in putting, top four around the green, strokes gained, what had been a statistically very good start to the year for Mickelson sort of come undone – by what he described as pressure he was putting on himself, not encouraging for me going into the U S open.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think we forget he's 47. The oldest major winner ever was 48. Yeah. And that's not, that's not obviously he's still really, really good. And, and I think can win a major, but it just means that an already inconsistent player is getting more inconsistent. So, the highs won't be as highs, but the lows are, are going to be lower.
0: If that, if that makes sense. So and like, and I, the I lows think, I mean, obviously, are going side. So- he goes going totally sideways.
1: Yeah. So he won this year. So obviously he still got it, but um, it's just going to get harder and harder at majors. I mean, majors are so like it's, it's hard to describe to people how different they are just being there, the feeling, the tension and, and, just how intense like a first round on a Thursday is compared to the Houston open. Um, and it, 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 it takes a lot out of you. And Mickelson has given a lot over the years and uh, I, you know, I'm not saying he's never going to contend at another major. I, I definitely don't think that, but I think that we forget how, how old he is in, in golf years and uh, just how difficult it is to contend with a you know, a 24-year-old like Spieth, who's who's feeling it on the weekend. Spieth has so much to give, so much energy, so much, um, just I, I don't know, all, all the things that it takes to win a major. And and I think Phil still has those things. I th- I just think it gets harder and harder, and you have to play m- uh, more perfect golf than you than you used to to be able to get it done.
0: Kyle, this might shock you, but we haven't talked about Tiger Woods yet. <laughs> it's amazing. So is that because we're too inside golf? Like if we were more of the lamestream media, would we have just come off the, off the top (laughs) with tiger? Is that just because we actually care about the, uh, we, 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 we care about the, the many different storylines to this. I, uh, I, what do you, what what do you think? Yeah. He just, he just wasn't a factor.
1: I mean, I, I think it's almost a good sign that we're not talking about tiger because it means that he's just sort of been folded into the rest of the PGA Tour.
0: He's been normalized. You know? Don't normalize yeah. Tiger Woods. Which yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Um
1: man, his iron play was was bad. He, I mean, it was it was very reminiscent of uh Rory from last year where he would he would put himself in good positions off the tee and then you're just like, w- "What is that second shot?" Like he hit it over over the fifth green into the woods. I mean, that was I didn't even do that when I played the course. I mean, he's, was, he,
0: he said I didn't hit it close enough to win. Period. Yeah, I mean, he was he was all over the yard. I I do think that
1: we don't we probably don't talk about it enough. But they're playing Augusta, and Spieth has talked about this. It's the lies that you get in those fairways are completely different than pretty much every other course on the PGA Tour. And Spieth loves that because he feels like it favors people uh, guys who are athletic who can. Um, just let their athleticism take over, and I think Tiger was just kind of i don 't know if he was caught off guard by it, but he he didn't he didn't play those fairways very well at all uh when he was in them, and then he hit a couple of bad drives and he can just it can go sideways on you when you're when you're hitting your irons that poorly
0: yeah um i I felt like he showed us the full uh i felt like he showed us the full realm of possibilities for what to expect from Tiger Woods at a major. You know, with the idea being that at its at his absolute best, you know, it's his round on Sunday. Um if if he strings together four straight 69s at a major, then that's, you know, maybe 12 or, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 under par and you know, maybe that's good enough to contend, maybe that's good enough to win. But he could also string together back to back seventy fives or four straight seventy fives, depending on the major. Like between sixty nine and seventy five, I felt like we got to see uh, his floor and ceiling in terms of major championship contention.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think that uh, is, is it was sixty nine when he shot on Sunday or sixty yeah. eight, sixty nine, sixty nine. Yeah, I think I think he I think he goes a, a few lower than that. I, I think what's going to be I was talking about this to Kevin Van Valkenburg on Monday. We were we were both already picking Tiger to win Curtis at the Open this year. But um just because of you, you don't have to hit driver there and uh it's not these you don't get these side hill lies. Now you might get you might have to hit out of like you know, brush up to your shoulders, but uh it's it's flatter and he is um I don't know. He he's just so good on the on those types of courses. I, I thought his, uh, um, sort of memory of Augusta would take over at some point. And I guess it kind of did on Sunday, He hit it better, but it was clear that he was just really affected by, um, the slopes and the, and the lies that he got there. And, uh, as a result, he, uh, what did he finish? T 38, T 30, something like that. T
0: 28, T 30,
1: T 32. There you go. Um, so one of his, one of his worst efforts ever as a, uh, as a pro, but still like if you would have given him T32 last November, he would have taken it and ran. So I, I I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a step backwards, um, in the, in the Tiger Woods comeback, but it's certainly, uh, it's certainly just a reminder for both Tiger and Phil that, uh, they've only got so many more like real tournaments to play there, Um. you know? Um.
0: All right, so crab quesadillas sound aggressive. They sound very rich, <laughs> but it puts you in a good spot. <laughs> Me
1: and Porras shared some crab quesadillas under the umbrellas up by the veranda on, on Sunday afternoon as we ra- waited for Rory and Reed to go, and uh, it's phenomenal. I mean, had an Arnold Palmer just just living just living life it was it was the best august is the best every year
0: was that uh was that you purchasing something or was that media meal uh provided
1: no that was definitely me purchasing something okay uh, cash only by the way cash
0: only mm. yeah of course of course you know the, the only the only places you still need cash are Augusta National and if you're getting some chairs reupholstered i uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've got uh, that's real life experience so, pulled out for no reason <laughs>
1: we saw the most, we had the most random celebrity sighting ever on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Patty Reed's getting ready to play into 17 and, uh, Penny Hardaway in a, uh, in a Memphis hat that looks like he bought it at the student bookstore on his way out, uh, walks in front of us and people were, people were yelling, Penny, Penny. I'm like, the the bastards is
0: like, there's two holes up. Why are we, why are we yelling at Penny Hardaway? (laughs) Hey, people are hyped for uh, the Penny Hardaway era. It was awesome. Um, who, what golfer, non-Patrick Reed division? Do you th- feel like your stance, your opinion, or your stock has changed the most from the Masters?
1: That's a good question. Uh, Tony Finau,
0: yeah, huge. Such an awesome stud. Yeah, such an awesome week for him. Uh, I, I, I think that it'll be fascinating to see. Like in individual sports, it can be very hard to break through and gain the type of buzz and, and notoriety that can come not only with success but with, you know, just some of the side story stuff like popping your dislocated ankle back into place and then uh, finishing in the top 10 right after that. I I hope – I wish success for Tony now because if he has a good rest of the year – there's going to be a lot of people that are just going to jump on board, and it can be really hard to break through like that. And I think Feinow's got an opportunity.
1: Yeah, he's he's awesome. Uh, I was also impressed by Cam Smith. I think he's a good player, and also the guy that I don't know if my opinion on him changed, but it sort of was solidified. John, I think John Rahm's going to win a Masters. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. He's just he the way he shapes the ball and and works it both ways. He he's. He's a stud, and he he got – I mean, of all people, he got lost in the pre-masters hype. I mean, people – nobody was talking about John Rahm. He's the number three player in the world. And uh, he shot a 75 on uh, Thursday and then missed a playoff by four strokes.
0: To his – I mean, he was playing well. He just hit two balls in the water.
1: Speaking of hitting balls in the water, we haven't talked about Sergio yet.
0: Um. Oh yeah, you've you've he's uh, Firethorn. Is that the name of the co- of the hole, <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't it Firethorn? Am I am I messing that up? No, that's it. Yeah, that's it. yeah. Um, it
1: was uh, it was it was something. You were there for it, right? No, I was actually watching it on TV. I kept the TVs in the media in the press center. I need to get that right. Uh, in the press center, they they so I think sometimes they were looping stuff. Like they they would play an interview in the in the uh interview room and it like they they would loop it, I think. Like they would play it again.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so you didn't it, it wasn't always live or whatever. I thought they were looping Sergio's uh third shot into the 15th.
0: Not realizing I like, that it was a uh, uh- it was another just another another cut just taking yeah. another one.
1: I had to check the, the masters.com to make sure I was seeing the the right thing because I thought it was a loop. It was unbelievable. I, I mean like I, it. I, I sort of, I don't I sort of respect like the fact that he just kept going after the pin. <laughs> Cuz like you can hit it long and just get up there and whatever, but he's like no, I'm going after the pin every
0: time. I'm with you. I respect it. I, I mean, what what are you going to do? What are you going to say? Like, man, Sergio, you really blew it. You really blew an opportunity to win a Masters. <laughs> like, you really blew an opportunity to win a major. We're going to – you know what we're about to get? We're about to get nothing but that Sergio at every major championship now. I'm here for it.
1: Oh, it's going to – yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. I thought the more disturbing thing was that he shot 78 on Friday.
0: I didn't watch a second of uh his friday but it was clear that he had ejected
1: ian woosnam clipped him by 4
0: oh that's so sad was woozy uh, trying to make a run for the cut or did he just play well
1: i, th- I think he just played well <laughs> woozy shot a uh yeah he shot a 76 uh well he shot a 79 on thursday so no, no chance, but, uh, yeah, not, not the best, uh, defense for, uh, for old Sergio. I think he'll be okay
0: though. Um, all right, real quick. Cause I know you got CBS sports HQ, which everyone should be watching at CBS sports, Uh, we got Hilton head this weekend, RBC heritage. What are your expectations?
1: Well, DJ is going to be there getting involved with rbc he's a new rbc guy and uh so he will be playing for the first time it's since 2009 i think his four rounds at hilton head so far 79 79 76 and 71 uh so not great but he's also the number one player in the world so i'm i'm pretty fascinated to watch him you know this is this tournament it just is you can like If if somebody shows you a random leaderboard, you can tell that it's the RBC Heritage because it's Luke Donald, it's Matt Kuchar, it's Kevin Kisner. Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon, like all these short hitters that have really good short games. And uh, so, yeah, Heritage is always fun because you just kind of watch it in the wake of the Masters and it's not super intense. But it's usually a pretty decent leaderboard for being kind of a bad field uh, compared to, to some of the other tournaments around it.
0: Um, What does Cameron Smith look like
1: Cameron Smith? Yeah. Uh, what does he look like? Yeah, uh, just a 22 year old stud
0: like an 18 year old like, uh, <laughs> like can't, I can't I can't I'm gonna figure out what who or what Cameron Smith looks like. I feel like Cameron. I feel like Cameron Smith uh, looks like someone whose dad arranged for him to come work there over the summer. I feel like yeah, Cam- well, Cameron Smith looks like um, Cam- Cameron Smith looks like the kid you get paired up with in your college English class for peer reading and you haven't heard his voice yet.
1: He he was playing or he actually came in when we did all those interviews at the player championship last year when we had Tommy Fleetwood on and he was one of the guys that I sat in a room and interviewed with uh, with the guys from no Line Up, and I, I had knew his name, but I had never really talked to him. And I was like, man, this guy, how old am I? I'm like 14 years older than him. <laughs> no, nah, not that much. I'm like 12, but still. But still, still it yeah, was,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. It's incredible.
0: Uh, yeah, give me, give me Cameron Smith to keep it moving and, uh, and win. How about that? Yeah, he's, he's a good player. He eagled the uh,
1: 18th at chambers bay in 15 i think to get his pga trigger card which was insane and uh i really i like him I-, I think he's a good player uh who's your pick to win i got Matty Kucher. yeah good pick he's playing some he's playing some good golf top 10s at houston top 10 at uh match play and he always plays well here he's made 14 straight cuts at the rbc heritage which is the most matt kuchar statistic of all time
0: um did you had you pulled up dj's uh were his appearances here sparse or has his performance just not been great because i was going to just throw one out there that particularly if it was from dj 1.0 or 2.0 an older software version of dustin johnson that uh The, the idea that you'd be in Hilton Head as a, as a, as a Conway, South Carolina native, that you might have uh, other things on your mind with your, with your time there. He, he played here in 08 and 09, and he hasn't played since. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that like DJ 1.0 or
1: yeah. DJ 2.0? And
0: I think – I mean, the course just doesn't make a
1: ton of sense for him. Even though I, – I, I mean, I think uh, obviously he's a much better player now than he was back then, but it's so short – that I just don't know that he has the advantage that he does at at other places, but I I think it's going to be fascinating to watch him shape shots and and uh, I don't know maybe take some lines people have never seen at that tournament before. So it should it should be interesting. You got a lot of young guys too. Bryson's playing, and uh, speaking of software versions, Bryson's <laughs> playing and Schneider Johns and Cantley and, and some of those kind of younger Americans that uh, I think are going to be pretty good. It
0: should be fun. Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thanks so much. We'll link up next week. Thanks, Chip.